right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and we are once again checking a box off of the calendar where we are getting closer to Saturday, where this hellacious extended break uh, for the Avalanche is almost coming to an end. We're, we're in the home stretch. Uh, this is Tuesday that this episode is being released, so uh, Saturday is in sight. Saturday, the Avs will go up against the Philadelphia Flyers, and I was asked by the hosts of Locked On uh, Flyers to be on their show <clears throat> for their Friday show, so I will do that, which will come out Friday for them, the same day as a Fandom Friday episode on Lockdown Avalanche comes out on the Lockdown Avalanche show. So um, be on the lookout for both of those shows. So for us here today, as we are <clears throat> kind of filling in the blanks with uh, different articles and uh, stories from around the league pertaining to the Avalanche, and we will... Uh, Get to a couple of those today. One was a Yahoo Sports article where they did like a, a roundtable discussion and asked their panel some questions, which I will kind of gear towards the avalanche um, and read their answers too, which are kind of interesting, some of which include are including the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, there's a playoff article on The Athletic, which I will mention, and we will talk about the Olympics and if uh, the... NHL is going to allow their players into the Olympics, and it's looking like it's trending towards no, but we'll kind of get into both sides of that coin and see if there's a winner. I don't know if there is a right answer, but uh, there's a right answer from the owner's side, and there's a right answer from the fan side, and you can probably guess which one wants which. So we'll kind of just explore that. Um, so first things first, social media, once again, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore avalanche, which is where you can follow most of what's going on with the show and the avalanche, uh, over on Instagram, search locked on avalanche and send emails, questions, comments, concerns, angry rants, happy rants, whatever you want to send to locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And kind of to just put a bow on yesterday's show, I want to, uh, Thank all of you for allowing me to kind of go off the beaten path um, and kind of, you know, talk about Kobe Bryant for a little while, as you can probably see, turn on anything right now. And it's all people are talking about with good reason. And it just goes to show you how many people and uh, how much he meant to a lot of people. And just the outpouring of emotion is first and foremost. So, um yeah, so just thank you for letting me do that. It's only for uh, one episode, so we're um, still kind of affected by it, clearly, as I think most people will be for quite a while. But um, <clears throat> it is what it is, and I think the best thing to do is kind of get back into your normal daily routine, and hopefully that is listening to this podcast and uh, getting back into things Colorado Avalanche to kind of get your mind back on track and away from all of the sadness that's been going on. So 
We're going to try to uh, press on here like almost everybody else is. So like I said, we're going to start with a, a Yahoo Sports midseason roundtable. Um, and they asked a panel of like four or five guys a series of questions. And um, I think their answers are pretty varied. Some are funny. Some are uh, interesting. But uh, And some of them do include the avalanche. So uh, I figured I would go through the questions that they asked their panel and give my own answer as well as kind of read uh, just kind of gloss over the answers that they gave so the first question they asked was what has been your favorite storyline one guy said don cherry's firing was his favorite storyline it's been long overdue um but he did say from an on ice perspective and this guy's name is and i am going to butcher his name arun srin Srinivasan. Srinivasan. So he said, from an on-ice perspective, the NHL's young talent boom being on full display has been the best storyline. Kale McCarr has established himself as a staff favorite. Quinn Hughes has all the qualities you expect from a mo uh, modern defenseman. And we often forget that Connor McDavid is just 23 years old this month. Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, and Jack Eichel among others, have continued to establish themselves as the faces of the league, and none of them has celebrated their 25th birthday yet. Yeah, the league's in pretty incredible hands right now, and all young people, and when you just list them like that, <clears throat> and then put a period at the end of that sentence by saying, none of them have celebrated their 25th birthday yet, that's that's scary from a league perspective, from, from an opponent uh, perspective, but... Yeah, the, the NHL does not have to worry about star power, and their star power is young. So the league is in very good hands. For me, I would have to agree. I think my favorite storyline so far this year has been Kale McCarr. Um, when, when we traded Barry away, um, some people were happy about that. My wife wasn't happy about that. That was her favorite player. Um, but, man, have we forgotten about him real quick. Kale McCarr has, you know, and again, you got to give credit to Joe Sackick. He like knew this, this was where the team was headed. And he knew that he could trade away um, Tyson Berry, an offensive minded defenseman, insert Kale McCarr and improve. And none of us are sitting here wishing we still had Tyson Berry back. None of us are. So, um, one other guy had a pretty good uh, uh, analogy. He said, "He, you know, I hope you didn't pay for goaltending. Here are some of the names in the top ten in save percentage and their salaries. Twiston Jar, Twiston Tristan Jari is six hundred seventy-five thousand. Darcy Kemper one point eight million. Uh, Elvis, and I can't pronounce his name. Mercilinkins." I know I, I butcher that. 870000 Ilya Samsonov, 925000 And even put Pavel Frantzos in there, 950000 So, he's got a point. You don't need to spend top dollar on goaltending. Um, let's see. Where is the next question? Okay, so which team has been the most disappointing? They pretty much are all in agreement that the New Jersey Devils have been the biggest disappointment. Um, I guess I can't answer that 
in terms of a team because I'm not disappointed in the Avalanche, but I would say if you want to gear it towards a, a specific player, and I hate kind of continuing to rag on the guy, so I won't go into detail, but I think it has to be Tyson Jost. I don't think he is uh, playing up to his standards, definitely not up to his standards, not up to the team standards. Um, <clears throat> but those two games heading into this break, he looked much, much better. And like I said, right before or after their last game before the All-Star break, my concern is there's too much time off where it's going to take everybody a period or two to get back into a game flow. Um, and you and you hope that's true for him, too. You hope it doesn't last too long, him getting back into the flow of things, because it took him a couple months to, to get those two games where he looked good. And now you've had almost basically two weeks off. Let's hope it doesn't really take him another two months to get going. If it does, then good. Well, it'll be a good push to, into the playoffs. But he's he's got to keep that momentum going, and I hope he can do that. Uh, here's the next question. Which team is the ultimate league pass team? And most of them said Colorado. Um, and kind of get, to kind of give you some quotes, one guy said, with respect to Vancouver and Vegas, I'm going with Colorado. Colorado's collective team speed is just at a different frequency than everyone else. McKinnon, McCarr um, are among the most electrifying players in the league. They shouldn't be under the radar as a genuine cup contender either. We're all in on the Avalanche. Another guy said, I'm sure I'm sure everyone feels this way, but I'm obsessed with the Avalanche. If I need to add another for diversity, it's the Hurricanes. Um, and also the mascot for the Flyers, just because, which whatever. I'm not going to buy a league pass to watch a mascot. Um, and there's one other guy who said Colorado too, and I want to find what he said. He says, I will always find time for the Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon's com combination of gifts is as entertaining a skill set as there is in the league. And the emergence of Kale McCarr as the prototype of the league's next great wave of defensive talent has been a nightly gift to observe. Nazem Kadri gives them an edge they didn't have previously, and the run they made last year has given them the confidence that they can be any team they face. Um, and that was the first time someone other than Makar or McKinnon has been named in this article. And I think that's where we are with the avalanche. Everybody wants to talk about Makar. Everybody wants to talk about McKinnon. And we kind of forget that uh, there was a big, con not a dispute, but a contract holdout, quote unquote, uh, for Miko Rantanen. And the captain, Gabe Landeskog, is not like in the mix as much outside of circles like my show and Colorado Avalanche circles. It's all McCarr and McKinnon. And I get it, but there's more to this team than just those two guys. Um, so there's a couple more questions here. We're going to get to those in uh, just a second here. All right, so uh, a couple more questions that they have in this Yahoo article, uh, Yahoo Sports Roundtable, about the second half of the season. Um, and the one question they ask is, what is one surprising development you expect in the second half of the season? And they give a <laughs> variety of answers. One guy answered, I think Nathan McKinnon has a monster second half, not surprising, and edges out Connor McDavid for the Art Ross. And then he says, fairly surprising for that. And I would agree with um, both of those. I, I I think he's on track to have a, I mean a monster second half. He had a monster first half, so there'd be no 
reason to think that he wouldn't have a monster second half. And I do. I think, uh, you know, the people who vote on this stuff are, I think they're, they want to give this to a guy like McKinnon who literally has carried his team. Uh, McDavid is going to have seasons like he's having now and he has in the past over and over and over again. And McDavid probably will too. But I think you have to look at what Nathan McKinnon did with all of those injuries, and we've said this so many times before. I think in the end, if the season continues to play out the way it does, I think he is your MVP. Um, and f- oh, and I should say this: that you know, to answer that question, what is one surprising development you expect to you expect in the second half of the season? I think the the goaltending will improve for Colorado. It has been highly suspect the second half of the first half of the season, if that makes sense, because <laughs> they started out fine. Um, and then kind of leading up to that all-star game, it was not the best, and they would fully admit that. I think uh, that will get fine-tuned, and I think that will get turned around. And then finally they ask, Stanley Cup winner, who's it going to be? Um, one guy says, the Blues. Um one guy said, because he said it in August, and he doesn't want to give up on that, he said the Maple Leafs. One guy says, he, he's picking a, he said picking a top team is boring, so he's picking the Arizona Coyotes. Another guy is picking the Boston Bruins. Um, let's see who this guy picked. I don't know who he picked. He doesn't really say. Um, and then one guy picked the Tampa Bay Lightning, which... Okay, but, you know, they need to prove in the playoffs. And this final guy picked, he actually gave, you know, the two teams and who would win. He's the only one that did that. And his last name is Zuber. I don't know what his first name is, but he picked Washington to beat Colorado. So one of these guys at least had Colorado in the Stanley Cup. The other guys, I don't know. Um, You know, well, the one guy who picked the Blues, obviously, is not going to have them in there. But the guy who picked the Leafs didn't say who he has them playing. The one guy who picked the Bruins doesn't say who he has them playing, but at least one of this guys in the panel thinks Colorado is going to at least make it. I don't like making that prediction that Colorado is going to make the Stanley Cup. Of course, I want them to make it there, and if they made it there, I wouldn't be that surprised because I feel like they are built to to get to the Stanley Cup and win Stanley Cups. So I, I would kind of want to agree with this guy who said that they would play Washington. Um We've only seen them play each other once so far this year, and they played them very well. I know that means nothing in the in the grand scheme of things because they played them very early in the season, um, and things are completely different over a seven-game series. But does Colorado have a chance to get there? Absolutely, one hundred percent. They they are as much in the in the conversation of getting to the Stanley Cup than. All of those other teams that you want to list up there with Boston and Washington and St. Louis and Tampa Bay, they are in that conversation. It's not going to be easy, but it shouldn't be, uh, but they absolutely can do it, and I, I would not be surprised if they do it this year. Only time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, I'd love to know what, what your take on any of these questions is. What's been your favorite storyline in terms of the Avalanche? Um, who's been the most disappointing player for you? Uh, you know, the thing with the league pass, 
we all would watch the avalanche, but maybe you're annoyed with the standoff with uh, the Altitude Network and that whole debacle, if you want to email about that. Um, a surprising development that you expect in the second half of the season. And uh, what's your prediction for the Stanley Cup? Feel free. Send those in. Like I said, at uh, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Um, and quickly, there, there's another article in The Athletic which looks at the playoff picture as it stands right now. Uh, we won't go over the East because they're the East. Um, and they kind of break down the teams that are locks, that are safe bets, that maybe have work to do, um, and teams that have no shot, i.e. Detroit in the East. <laughs> um, but they they put the Avalanche at a, at a lock. Um, then the three teams that they have as locks are all in the Avalanche division. They have St. Louis at 99.9% lock, and they have the Avalanche at 99.6% lock, coupled with Dallas at 95.3%. Um, And they say the three powers in the West this year are all in the Central, making this division fight a gauntlet. The Blues are running away with the the rest right now, um, followed by the Avalanche, and their playoff certainty shouldn't be a surprise. The Stars, however, are only one point up on the final wildcard spot, but have the benefit of games in hand, uh, plus the likelihood that their team is arguably much stronger than those beneath them. They should be a very safe bet, even if it doesn't completely look like it. So... I think that's, I mean, to be one one point up, I get what they're saying for Dallas, but at ninety five percent, that that that's a that's a high percentage, even for the Avalanche ninety nine point six. Um, <clears throat> they're they're pretty confident. I think we are pretty confident that they will too. Um, everybody wants to kind of just hand this to St. Louis and maybe you can with the division, but I, I don't think Colorado's going to go without a fight. Obviously that's going to come down to the wire and, and ho- I just, I really want that last game of the year against St. Louis in Colorado to mean something for the two of them. I mean, if it means something for the avalanche to win based on seeding um, and it might, if it doesn't mean anything for St. Louis, then, yeah, I mean, it'll still be meaningful, but it won't have that meaning. Can you imagine that arena if the Avs are down by one point and they need a regulation win against St. Louis? Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I, I, I love games like that. I know people want to say, like, oh, I, I wish they would have it locked up by then. Yeah, I get that. But there's nothing better in sports than that's that's game seven men, uh, mentality right there. So, for kind of the round out the West for safe bets, they give Vancouver again in the division eighty one point eight percent chance to make it. Coyotes they give seventy three point seven percent. The Flames seventy one point four percent. Bubble teams you got Edmonton they have on the bubble at sixty nine point five percent, and I think that'll be a make or break. Even if even if Edmonton is on the the border and they make it in on the last game, I think that will go a long way into the MVP voting with Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid. I think it's going to come down to those two guys. Probably Pasternak will be in there. But everybody's going to look at McKinnon and McDavid. And if McDavid just scoots his team in the playoffs, I think voters are going to take notice of that. Um, So they have them as a bubble team. They have Nashville as a bubble team, 67.8%. Um, Golden Knights they have as a bubble team, 61.3%. The Blackhawks they have 
they have him as a bubble team, but they have him at 35%. Um, which I guess you could, I don't know if that, uh, yeah, I don't know what the range is for bubble. It seems pretty wide if you're going from 35% up to 70%. But yeah, Chicago's playing better. Can they sustain it, though? We'll see. And then your long shots. Um, the two that they have listed are Minnesota and Winnipeg. And you're not a chance teams. All California. It's not a good time to be a fan of Colorado hockey teams. Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles Kings. All at 1% or less. So, got some work to do out in Cali. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, it everything is looking good right now if you're an Avalanche fan. And that should come to no surprise to anybody that follows them. They're in a very good spot. But let's see if they can keep this projection going sky high. All right. And so the last thing I kind of wanted to get to today was uh, the Olympics. And we won't get Winter Olympics until 2022. And I know the IIHF does not want to wait around like they did the last Winter Olympics when... It was, what, nine or ten months before the Olympics were set to kick off where the NHL said, nope, not sending players there this year. And um, <clears throat> did the the hockey in, in the Olympics suffer for it? Yeah, it did. I don't want to say, like, those kids didn't play their heart out. They did. But I think people were obviously hoping and ex- expecting – professional NHL players to take part in it. Um, and then when, you know, relatively within within a year of, of those games, when they said they weren't, I think that had an effect. Um, definitely on the fan perspective, it had an effect. So where do they go now? And the, the IIHF said they want an answer by August. And it leaning, in my opinion, that they're not going to be there again. This all comes down to Gary Bettman and kind of what he says, and he's a commissioner, so he works for the owners. <coughs> and if the owners are in highly against it, which I think they let the Olympics have a good run with their players. I think they did five Olympics in a row where they, they used NHL players. And I think the owners were like, that's enough for a little while. We, we, we're the only sport that does this, that takes a, a two-week break in the middle of our season and just... People just go home and relax unless you're playing in the Olympics. From a fan standpoint, I get it. You want to see really good hockey. You want to see Olympic hockey played at the highest level. Because I love the Olympics. doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. I, I am glued to my television for the Olympics. I love watching those sports that I don't get to watch a lot of during the season. Or during any season. During the year, I guess. And have a meaningful result in an Olympic medal. I'm not going to turn on the television just to watch, you know, uh, men's volleyball or, or a ski jump or anything like that, <clears throat> but I absolutely will for the Olympics. And if it's hockey, you know, our favorite sport, I'd love to see Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Miko Ranton and Gabe Landeskog playing for their country's and playing in the Olympics. That's just the fan that wants to see that. 
but you have to look. We all say all the time when a player gets traded or a, a player signs with another team, it's a business. That's always the phrase that gets thrown around is it's a business. And it is a business. And if you're the owner of a multi-million dollar team and you get no income from that team for two weeks, is it going to break your bank? No. And I think a lot of people will say, oh, millionaires crying over not getting an income for two weeks. Well, it's bigger than that. I mean, there are some people that work for the arenas and have jobs that it may be. I don't know how it works. If they have other jobs for them during those two weeks, great. If they get two weeks off and that hurts them, I don't know. I th- All I'm saying is there's there's more to it than just the owners here. The owners are just fine. So it's not about the money not coming in for the owners. It's the players. If they get injured during the Olympics, I would be mad. If, if, you're, if you're Joe Sackick... Uh, you know, the GM or Cronky, the owner, and Nathan McKinnon gets hurt in the Olympics, you're pissed. And then as a fan, you turn around and you get pissed. You're all for it until someone gets hurt and then they're out for the rest of the season and maybe longer. So I see it from both sides. And honestly, I think I lean towards not sending them. And the reason I am right now, and I'm going to be completely honest, because we're in a really good spot for the foreseeable future. And I don't want the the top players on my team to get hurt in a two-week tournament. And I hate to say this, but if, if this was the avalanche from four years ago, uh, Go ahead, send them. The the season's over. Give me something to root for. Call me call me out on that if you want, but that's just where I'm at. I'm playing owner right now <laughs> rather than fan. I don't want my assets getting hurt in a in a two week Olymp as much as I love love the Olympics. I don't I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen to anybody. You know what I mean? So I would I would just hate to see players getting hurt during the Olympics and and have an effect on their team. So is it going to happen? I don't think it is. Just the way that Gary Bettman has his press conferences lately, he doesn't really go into too much detail about it, and why should he? He doesn't have to have an answer till August. But I think he's leaning towards no, and I do. And I think that's I think that's the right call. And I'm, and I'm half joking saying if my team was is not doing well, send them. I don't I'm half joking when I say that, but it doesn't matter if, if it, you know, look at the New York Rangers. They're not really in it right now. If they send Lungfist and he gets hurt, he, that is, doesn't matter how bad the Rangers are doing. People are going to those Rangers games to see Henrik Lundqvist. It doesn't matter if they are in dead last place, they're still going. And if he gets hurt, you've, you've not only, you're not only not getting that income for those two weeks he's out. And if he gets hurt for the rest of the season, you're also losing it for the rest of the season too. So players like that that have an impact at the box office are reasons why I completely get why the owners don't want them to go. But like I said, as a fan, you want to see the best of the best on display at the Olympics. But I just don't think it's going to happen right now. I think we were spoiled in those uh, handful of Olympics that it happened, maybe to get the the Olympics back, back up to prominence, and it worked. Um, and now... I think it's okay to send the, the younger 
generation out there. Look what I said at the beginning of the show, how the younger generation is, is, is taking this league up to the next level. So if we have all the faith in them that they can play in the NHL, you know, let's see what's next. Let's see the next up and coming group of youngsters that is going to be in the NHL and put them in the Olympics. And I think, I think that'll be good. Just give them more time to prepare for it rather than the nine or 10 months that they did last time at the last Olympics. So it's one of those good debate questions that could go either way. I see both sides to it. And again, if you have an opinion on this, I want to hear about it. So send it over to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Never-ending debate, and it's a good one, and we will update it when we get an official word from the NHL, which probably will be over the summer after the season's over. So, yeah, so that is going to be it for now, guys. Um, Like I said, check another box off on the calendar, and Saturday is fast approaching. And just a reminder that I will be on the Locked On Flyer show Friday prior the day before the uh, abs take on the flyers and getting fandom friday set up for this weekend or this um, this week on friday as well for this show so that is going to be it for today guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you tomorrow and here's jovi go abs go